you know that bee colony deaths, many unexplained, have been on the increase in recent years? For commercial beekeepers, they cause a significant loss of income. Hello and welcome to Unlock Your Potential, micro-credentials at the University of Galway. My name is Janice Mulvaney Glennon and I am the lead for micro-credentials here in Galway. And over the next few weeks and months, I will be taking you on a journey of discovery in this podcast through the micro-credentials on offer in Galway. Welcome, Helen. Uh, our listeners are really looking forward to hearing about honeybee health today, a very important topic in recent years. So could you tell us a little bit about yourself, Helen, and what brought you to beekeeping? Thanks, Janice. Well, my name is Helen Mooney and I've been a beekeeper for 12 years now. I hold an honours degree in microbiology and a PhD in marine microbiology, both from NUIG. After moving home to Mayo about 20 years ago, I was really drawn to the craft of beekeeping. Uh, I was self-employed, working from home, um, involved in teaching and getting grinds and that, but um, I just wanted to get out and meet people. So really, I was drawn to the craft because I wanted a new hobby. Very quickly into the hobby, though, I realized that I had a lot of knowledge gaps. I couldn't tap into that knowledge. So I began studying with the Federation of Irish Beekeepers Associations, or FIBCA. And uh, earlier this year, I was awarded a Bee Master's qualification from that organization. And that allows me to teach uh, beginners. And it, it means that I'm qualified to manage an apiary and examine at all levels now. And last September, I became involved with the Diploma in Bees and Beekeeping in NUIG with Professor Grace McCormick. And now I lecture on all aspects of beekeeping, including honeybee health. Thanks, Helen. And we're delighted to have somebody with your acumen (laughs) involved in microcreds now, which is really, really great. Um, So could you tell us a little bit more about the microcred and what is going to be covered? Sure. Well, really, the reason that um, we picked uh, honeybee health is because in recent years, uh, globally, the health of managed honey, honeybees uh, has, is really in decline and causing worldwide concern amongst commercial beekeepers and scientists alike. And for example, in countries like America, Australia, all the big players in, in pollination uh, and honey production, um, these these pollination contracts afford commercial beekeepers a decent but a very hard-earned living. And what we're finding now is that both the crop producers and the um, uh, beekeepers' uh, income are uh, in decline. The health of their bees is in decline. And you could even say that food security is an issue because if we don't have the pollinators to pollinate these crops, uh, then food's food security is at risk. Um, So, for example, in America, crops that come into season at a particular time of year, they couldn't possibly be pollinated by the local um, native bee populations or wild pollinators. And and so what happens is that bees are moved uh, en masse on big trucks from one end of the country to another, following these crops, such as blueberries in Maine, almonds in California, and then down to Florida for overwintering. And with that movement of bees comes huge risks to the health of these colonies. What's happening is that um, 
different uh, owners of, of colonies are all coming together for a few weeks in the year um, to one location. And, and that provides opportunity for um, disease spread and it provides, it, it causes an awful lot of stress to the bees. So we think that that's one reason why colonies are, are in decline. And it has to be addressed because, for example, in uh, California alone, in one year, uh, the bees were expected to pollinate 10.5 billion pounds worth of almonds. So that just gives you an idea of the scale of the operation. And um, no more than that, even in Ireland, we have our own, we have the same diseases causing the same threats. There is global movement of bees now within the EU. Um, so these parasites that may have been localized to one region or one country are now a threat across the world. So Helen, is that from people importing colonies or what is the cause of that? Um, largely, yes. Well, some of these, like the the diseases that I'll be describing have been known since the early 1900s and may have been causing problems on a local scale that because beekeeping wasn't being done on a large scale could be dealt with and could be addressed. Maybe just a few colonies had to be euthanized or um, bring in some better genetics from elsewhere. But now with this global movement of bees, nobody can escape the diseases. And if you bring a disease from one area into an, another area where the bees have never encountered that disease before. You're talking about a naive host and the um, symptoms are far more severe. And we even had that in Ireland in 1998, one of the top killers of bees worldwide is this um, ectoparasite, a mite called the Varroa mite. And in 1998, again, because of importing bees into this country, um, which is still legal by the way, um, that mite came in and decimated our bees. So for 10 or 15 years there, um, our, we had to over-medicate in the beginning. We had to euthanize colonies. And tragically, in the last number of weeks, that mite has breached the final um, country that remained free, and that's Australia. So we're watching the same steps being taken now, um, 23 years on. The steps that are being taken are no different. We have no better solution. We have never found a one medicine that would eradicate the mite. Oh, wow. So it's really important then that beekeepers are aware of all of these diseases and potential infections and are able to take some actions maybe to prevent them. So with the microcred then in terms of what it will cover, uh, how might that help beekeepers? Yeah, well, as you say, um, it's important to know about the disease, number one. And if we understand the life cycle of the disease, this, if we can recognize the symptoms that it produces at an early stage, then we have a chance to mitigate. There's an arsenal of, of chemicals available to us um, uh, in some cases. In other cases, if the bacteria or the pathogens are too virulent and too infectious, then we involve the Department of Agriculture and we have to um, euthanize colonies and that all has to be recorded. So um, monitoring is absolutely key and identifying diseases at an early stage is key purely because we don't, uh, even with the varroa mite, we have, as I said, we have an arsenal of medications we can use, but they never, they don't eradicate the disease fully. 
So monitoring is key, identifying symptoms is key, and um, departments of agriculture all over the world and universities and, and beekeepers alike all have to get together and cooperate. And um, what we're finding now is that is happening. And um, there's a lot of funding being put towards disease and mitigation. And some some of the chemicals that were used 20 years ago, the, the mites have become resistant. So it's, a, it's an ongoing dynamic area. And so a beekeeper that started beekeeping 20 years ago couldn't possibly remain up to date unless they're being fed accurate and timely information. Um, also, I find nowadays that beekeepers are have a really keen interest in the science of diseases and they're upskilling themselves and, and they have a real appetite to get in there, get into a lab and look at these diseases under the microscope and be able to find them before their bees get really sick. So um, there's a lot of interest and there's a lot of collaboration at the moment. I think it'll yield great results. Yeah, and it's a great opportunity through this microcode because it's a short learning experience for people, you know, busy beekeepers. Um, and sometimes maybe beekeepers might have other, uh, you know, jobs and are, are doing this as a hobby or maybe as full time. So the microcred might offer them an opportunity to upskill in a in a kind of a quick way or and, and obviously it sounds like you're keeping really up to date on the most modern science um, so what would be the key topics that would be covered on the microcred that might be of interest to beekeepers? Well, the key topics is to go through the current list of diseases. So I could very quickly identify maybe six key diseases from bacteria to microscopic fungi to uh, fungi. That, there's a fungus that can be seen with the naked eye. And of course, the number one killer is this varroa mite. So we take everybody through the life cycle and the signs and symptoms of these diseases. And if they're microscopic, we'll demonstrate how to uh, um, identify them or how, how and who to send samples to for that. And we'll encourage people to monitor their bees um, three and four times a year, um, even, if they don't, even if they don't suspect diseases. After that, then I'm going to go through the... Um, the arsenal of treatments that we have. Now, as I said, for some of them, the more um, virulent diseases, there are no treatments apart from just destroying the colony and notifying the diseases to the Department of Agriculture. And with chemical use, as you know, there has to be um, records kept. And so there's a medicines record template that we use for that as well. So um, that and that's probably the most um have the densest material, but we're going to supply an awful lot of practical material about um, apiary hygiene, how not to cross-contaminate. Maybe if you have one hive that's sick, what steps to take so that when you go to your next colony, you don't spread that disease. And how to even things like how to sterilize your equipment. A lot of people are moving from timber equipment over to polystyrene now. And we'll say 20 years ago, you could use a blowtorch to sterilize the timber. Obviously, we can't do that with polystyrene. So um, we're going to keep it very practical, but we're definitely going to, to know the enemy inside out as well by studying the life cycle. Well, it sounds like it's going to be very, very comprehensive. Could you give us just a little uh, quick summary of sort of the entry requirements? So what kind of level of ability or experience would the person need to have to take part in this microcred? Well, 
What I find is that um, from my previous training experience, um, I find that people come to a training course maybe after they've hit problems. Mm-hmm. You very rarely get a person who comes for training before they've even got their bees. But to be honest, from the beginner's point of view, it, it is I it is much better to do a training course before you even get your bees. But from a bee health point of view, I would generally recommend somebody has had bees for a year or two, maybe. Mm-hmm. And what I often find is it can work two ways. People have had an absolutely smooth introduction to beekeeping. Maybe they have a good mentor. You, they've started with a nice new colony with a vibrant, healthy queen, new, all, all new equipment. So they rarely encounter disease. It's maybe year three or year four where mm-hmm. your equipment and your honeycomb is building up spores and all of a sudden people lose a colony that year and they've come through two good years already and they really, they're just so perplexed and so confused. And at that point they realize, ah, I need to know, I need to know more. Yeah. So ideally somebody in their second or third year. Then you have the people who want to scale up from maybe a hobby level to maybe 40 or 50 colonies, Mm -hmm. which is still doable if you have a full-time job. You just have to be super organized. And again, if we supply them with them, good knowledge on sterilizing and and disease prevention that should that should work out okay for them as well so helping people scale up giving them recommendations about how to how to operate their honey house and how to organize their storage of new equipment and contaminated equipment and and all that goes with just good hygiene good be good be husbandry and good hygiene Well, thanks very much, Helen, for giving us that introduction to the microcred on bee health. Um, I think it's been a very comprehensive introduction and hopefully we'll have some listeners that uh, will be joining you on the microcred in the coming weeks. So thanks again, uh, Helen, for your time today. And we'll uh, say goodbye for now. Goodbye and thank you. It was really great hearing about this microcred. And if you would like to find out more information on it, please go to our Centre for Adult Learning and Professional Development website and look up microcreds for more details on how to apply. Thanks to our team, David Stafford, Lonneth McSharry and Gráinne McGrath for their expertise on producing this podcast. Join us next time for another microcredential. credential.